lifepodcasts.fm. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. Journeys with Joanne Joseph. Explore stories. Stories from the past and present. Journeys with Joanne Joseph. Darianne Adams, Matabate and Demisa Matabate, it's so lovely to have you in the studio with us this evening. Thank you so much for coming in. So, Tyrion, your story is a very unique one for all sorts of reasons. I think for a lot of people living with albinism in this country, um, who are, are daily living through the uh, the oppression of living in a skin that, that most people identify as threatening for some reason, mysterious for other reasons, uh, you, you really have made it. I think you've become a role model for so many young women. H- how does it feel to have got to the stage where you are now? First of all, thanks so much, Jan, for having us. Um, Wow, role model is something (laughs) that I don't know if I could ever call myself because I make so many mistakes in my journey. Um, I feel that it's an everyday sort of learning because a few years ago, I was just trying to survive. And then a few years later, I learned about ableism. And now it's such a whole new chapter of my my role in the disability rights movement where I feel like we have come to a place where we're fighting a unified demon, which is ableism. And I think that is where I am right now. And getting there was a bit rocky and shaky. And sometimes I go back and sometimes I go forward. But um, yeah, I think that... I don't know if I can ever call myself a role model ever. Other I, people call you that, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll bring Demisa in here because I think you, you're struggling with modesty here a little bit. <laughs> Demisa, so help us out here. I mean, you, you're married to a very beautiful woman, oh, uh, but, but a very strong, powerful, uh, mentally, uh, mentally driven woman. Um, you know, someone with a, with a very strong sense of right and wrong, someone who's an activist. Mm. Um, and perhaps you can reflect for us on, on uh, as, as the outsider who kind of fell in love with, with her, uh, what it is. That that makes her so attractive to you. I I, I agree with you. She is um, she is someone that uh, who is not afraid to you know um, stand for what she she believes in, and um, sometimes uh, she may appear too strong, um, but it's just passion. You know, she really is passionate about what she believes in, and um, and that's what I like about. It. I really like that uh, we can have discussions. We can have that. Um, she doesn't just buckle. You know. Uh, when you discuss something with her, um, especially views, you know, I tell her this is how I feel. She will tell me how it's just how this is how she feels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. So, so let's let's rewind a few years. I understand that you guys met at high school. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Were you friends all the way back then, Terian? Yo, <laughs> when I think back, so Demisa and I met 12 years ago Yes, in um, 2007 and I was a grade eight in um, private school yes. and I was this really weird kid. I came from Aldo's and I knew nothing <laughs> about this world of the middle class. <laughs> so, so he was, he was um, there and he was popular and I actually wanted to date his friend. Um, he had a friend who had a fake American accent. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was really like taken <laughs> by this this young man. And I told him, he said, please, can you set me up with, with him? And 
after a while, the setup didn't work because his friend was an idiot. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then Demisa was like, well, my friend doesn't like you, but I really think you're cool. So Were you hopelessly jealous, Demisa, having to participate in this, uh, in, this, in this rendezvous, in the setting up of a relationship that you were probably hoping would fail secretly? <laughs> it, was, it was quite funny because uh, at the time, I remember... I, I I did think she was a pretty cool person because she did stand out for me, uh, not just physically, but personality-wise, you know. Uh, like, she already made a mark from day one. Everybody knew uh, how smart she was and who she was, you know. And so I was I was quite intrigued. But um, I I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Tariq for you, you know, hear what he says. And then, sorry, you know, for, for exposing you. <laughs> Tariq. But yeah, um, and... Um, and I remember at the, the whole time, I kept on thinking to myself, uh, you know, like when I had to sell her to, to Tariq, you know. Yes, It's yes. like, no, she's pretty cool. You know, she's into she's into comic books, you know. Uh, she, she likes dancing. She's, she's, she's into rap and all that stuff. You and were a proper matchmaker, Dumi. You know, I was, I was, I was, I was playing <laughs> Cupid yeah. and I was, I was doing a, quite a good job. And then he was still like, nah, I'm not there, you know. And I thought to myself, well, you know, it's his loss. But I don't know how she felt about me, so it's like let me let me just see, you know. And I was I don't know I really still don't know why she said yes to me because I was, I was just I really just was taking a jab at it. Yeah. You know I, I must ask you now about the dynamics of this friendship because I have to say there are lots of places in the country where people living with al- albinism can simply not have mm. the the kind of relationship the friendship that you're speaking of. Uh, Terry Ann was was that never an issue with you and and Demisa? Um, I think naturally it becomes an issue after a while because um, Demisa and I, I mean, for since this is a listening platform and not everybody will see, I've got pink hair. <laughs> so It's very no, funky, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. So um, I've always sort of stood out, not just for having albinism, but for other aspects of my personality. And having albinism just amplifies that presence and a lot of people then tend to stare and I think with with us um so we we stopped dating because high school and then we started dating again years later and that's when it started becoming very evident that this is not going to be easy there's going to be a lot of Demisa's very shy um very um, drawn towards himself and now he was thrust in this public spotlight uh, against his will and that was a bit difficult for us to navigate because I was like, I can't change the fact that people stare at me. And it's like, but people are looking at us. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, how, how are we going to do this? Yeah. And I think it was for us one of our biggest hurdles, getting over the fact that we are going to be looked at all the time. Yeah. You know, uh, Demisa, that's that's a very interesting thing. You know, there's, uh, there's uh, first of all, the, there's the fetishizing of people who are living with albinism. There's the marginalization of people living with albinism. Mm. From First of all, from, from which quarters uh, were you experiencing this, um, what can we say, this this sort of, not resistance at first, but um, uh, but, but the sort of the curious, the curiosity around around your relationship with, with Terry Ann? Um, I would say I think it was, it was, um, if I would say like societal pressures, if you will, uh, where, because I grew up in, um, I, I don't know what it's called, but you know when you're not aware of yourself, like an aspect of your personality when you're growing up yes. and uh, someone tells you that you actually 
uh, or for example, like maybe how you look physically and someone tells you you're a little bit chubby or you're a little bit skinny. Yes. But your whole time growing up, you weren't aware mm. of that aspect of yourself. Yes, yes. Um, so it was something where I really, at first, I, I really was drawn to Terry for who she was and mm-hmm. who she is. Yes. And um, obviously, yes, I did notice the albinism, but it really didn't, it really didn't matter to me because the way I was raised was to respect people for who they are, personality yes. first, for who they are, individual first. And, you know, you keep hearing, I, I mean, I was a teenager, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm not defending myself, but I was a teenager who, like any other teenager, there's the pressures of fitting in and yes. things like that. And, you know, you start hearing backlash and people not supporting the thing, people, superstitions and people asking you, aren't you afraid, uh, you know, uh, aren't you aware how she looks, uh, aren't you, so things like that. And I'm ashamed that they got to me. And, yeah. um, but I'm very happy though that I got over that. And I started realizing that that's not who I was. That's not who I'm raised to be. What, what brought you to that realization that Terian was more important than what people were saying? I think it was... Um, because we, I ended ended it with her, um, but we just couldn't we just couldn't stay away from each other. Yes. I even remember there was like a school concert thing that that happened, <laughs> and somehow <laughs> uh, I was like, "How did it happen?" We, I think they chose <sighs> they chose two MCs, and yeah. none of us knew who was going to be the MCs. We went to a really small school, yes. yeah, so yeah. everybody knew we were dating, yeah, so everybody knew we were exes, mm. uh-huh. so nobody was telling us that. <laughs> We were going to host the show together. <laughs> That's cruel. That's very cruel. Yeah, and we get we both got to the stage, and we were just like we we're so shocked. We we're like, what? "Oh, it's you!" <laughs> <laughs> and it was fresh. Like it was, I think, a few months after we broke up. But the chemistry, like it was so cool, man. Like the show flowed. Uh, there was very little rehearsing necessary. Like. It's like we were just connected, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, like we were, like we were bouncing off of each other naturally, and I just couldn't ignore it anymore. I, I, I could see that now. Nah, I'm, I'm lying to myself, denying that. If maybe she's not meant to be the person I'm supposed to be with, maybe as a friend, I can't let go of this individual. Yeah. Tyrion, was that a tough time for you being apart from Demisa? It was. Um, it was a bit difficult because. So the school concert happened and then life happened. Mm-hmm. And Demisa moved on, started dating other people. I started dating other people. And I always wanted to be his friend. Like I always wanted to be around him. It was so weird. I always looked for him on the bus and I wanted to sit next to him. Wow. And so we kept a sort of amicable relationship, but we couldn't keep it going for long. And then Dumisa left the school without telling me. Mm. And he just left and went to a boy's school. Deserted me. (laughs) He went to a monastery, in other words. (laughs) Get away from me. (laughs) And I was was really crushed because I was like, oh my gosh, he didn't even have the decency to tell me that he left. And then I left that school. And then we just didn't speak to each other for years. And I kept... Um, messaging his sister because she went to the same school as us and I was like hey can you please give me Demisa's number um, do you have Demisa's whatsapp number I really want to speak to him and I just wanted to get that friendship going again because it was so electric I I, I didn't want to lose such an amazing friend and that's actually how we got back together again because 
we started messaging each other on Facebook. Just hey, how are you? How are you? Hi, how are you doing? Oh, I'm. You look so nice. Adversity, you know, just commenting on each other's pics. And then he had a birthday, um, and. I was like, hey, happy birthday. And then I realized I still have his number. So I sent him a message on WhatsApp. I was like, oh, happy birthday. And he's like, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's Terry. It's like, oh my word, Terry, what? You uh, still have my number? <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, oh, let's meet up again and see how we're doing. And we met up at Tasha's, we'll never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> Tasha's in Rosebank, 2013. And the moment I got off the Chao train and I saw him, we were dating. Wow. We didn't even say anything. Like, we were dating. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, when did you realize that you were in love with each other? Demisa? I think it's like, as Terry said, it was, um, it was the moment we saw each other. I know it sounds cheesy, but I think that's why, that's why I'm going to re- maybe rephrase it and say, I think we... We always we fell in love at some point in um, our first year of dating, mm. and um, obviously being teenagers and being young, you either don't know what it is or you deny that part of yourself. And yes. I think that day when I saw saw her again um, the Hau train station, I remembered. I think I realized that moment that yep, this is this is this is the girl. This yeah, is the girl. Yeah. If not forever, for at least definitely right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like yeah. the, the end of a period of exile, actually, Terry. <laughs> yeah, it really felt like that. And it, what surprised us was how natural it was. Mm. Um, the, the wonderful thing about Demisa and I is that nothing's ever forced. Nothing is ever forced. The reconciliations, the fights, nothing that we go through is ever forced um, between us. We always sort of naturally gravitate towards each other again and 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 i felt like a penguin or a wolf (laughs) you know you have this one partner and when you just see them you it's almost like electric it's it's yeah it's unavoidable was there any resistance to the both of you getting married yes yes there was um a lot of it came from my side of the family um Naturally, because previously, uh, like I said, the superstition uh, yes. aspect of it. Yeah. How did um, you deal with it, Demisa? It it was tough. It was tough because uh, there was times where I felt like I had to choose between my family and Terry. Yeah. Um, and my family kept on thinking that I already made the decision, <laughs> and that it was. And obviously, they were not happy about that. Um, but it was. It, we had the. I don't know. It's very interesting. Like I, I've, I've always been. I, I seen myself as a dramatic person. Like I, I've always loved movies. I've always tried to model myself around uh, certain movie characters. Like <laughs> I, I really like live in the movie. Yeah. And sometimes you know I forget. I think that I'm so I'm very very dramatic and so I always felt like it was that thing that I had to choose between them and Terry and. Mm. Um, that 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 tension we sat down eventually and there actually was a conflict that was like that where they're like look we feel like we will support your relationship and what you want to do um because it was the time i proposed to terry and for a while my parents were like okay it's cool you know this is what you want to do yes and then 
they were like all of a sudden no they were not okay with it and like those elders and everything yes, and a yes. surprise meeting yeah and um so we were you know we were shocked and um, so so they tried to stage an intervention yeah it you wow. know and to tell me like look we support what you're doing but we feel like you're too young we feel like you need to go through some things in life achieve some things first and then revisit this marriage thing we're not saying end it with Terry but uh you know revisit it later and you know i think the the part where it was dramatic i was like no you either going to listen to me <laughs> or we're not going <laughs> to interact in a way you know yes and yeah so there was a division um there was a time of not talking to them like the works uh but eventually with with the the first pregnancy um it it did kind of help us putting things behind us and yes. having to focus on what is happening. Yes. Uh, Tyrion, do do you feel like some of those old wounds have been closed over the years? Do you, do you, do you still feel that in some ways uh, you know the family has not been able to get over your relationship, the realities of it? I think that um with us and with Demisa's family there was a lot of misunderstanding if if we could put it down to anything. So I don't think it was something that was personal. I just think that we were super young mm. and we couldn't understand exactly where they were coming from. They couldn't understand where we were coming from. There was a sort of breakdown in communication. But I think that at the end of it all, a mother's love was it really prevailed. And Demisa's mother and her love for her son prevailed over whatever belief she might have had, whatever thought she might have been thinking and 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 that really brought them through and I'm so happy that it's finally we've come to a place where we all really are at a peace with each other and it's it, it really is that love from his mom and his dad that prevailed throughout everything. What a beautiful reflection, Terry. Uh, let me ask you a bit about this first pregnancy because this is a, another of the trials you've had to face as a couple. Um it eventually resulted in a stillbirth which uh, must have been quite traumatic for you both. How did you come through that, Terian? We really sort of delved into spirituality. Um we were both very spiritual people before, but I think um so our our first pregnancy was very anticipated because it was beautiful because we were married so culturally everybody was super happy everybody was like oh this is not a child out of wedlock yes. so everybody was on board with with this baby and she was she was um anticipated people wanted to see this baby and especially i've got a very um, close knit supportive family yes. so we really were looking forward to her birth my mom had her nursery done everything mm. was done yes and we went into labor and then we found out that there was no heartbeat and she was not coming sure to us alive and it was really that day it yes my whole family showed up at the hospital mm. my entire grandmother's children all of them they showed up at the hospital and they were there cuz i still gave birth naturally yes. so they were there throughout every contraction all the women of the family were in the labor ward with me and carrying me through dumisa's mom was there his dad was there the doctor was super supportive and the first thing we decided to do was she already had a name 
So we decided to honor her as you would honor any fallen family member. Yes. So we had a funeral, which for us was very important. Um, that saying goodbye process. And we did that. And also people in the church that I grew up in, they were also really very supportive and they let us have this funeral in, in the church space, even though I don't go there often anymore. Yes. And then we really dug deep into our spirituality where it was th- us realizing that this happened for a reason. And going to therapy was very important for us. We we had to go to therapy. And I think that any parent who's listening out there who's had this sort of experience, I would really say therapy is a lifesaver because there was times when we didn't know who we were. But ther- the, the lessons we learned from our therapist, who is an amazing woman, they brought us tr- through. And then my mom and my uncle, they said to us, now is not the time for you to drift apart. Now is the time for you to cl- draw closer together. Yes. And I think that is also what kept us going, um, even when it seemed really hard, that those words, um, that it's not time for us to drift apart, it's time for us to, to draw closer together. Is that how you experienced it, Demisa? Because we know tra- traumatic events like this can can split up couples. Mm. It, it's um, That's true, uh, because we... Uh, I personally also found that at the beginning, um, uh, our daughter's death was the first real death, excuse me, that I actually ever experienced. Uh, first uh, death uh, that was that close to me. Um, yes. So I'd never really experienced, um, you know, those type of emotions. Uh, so, and I have a tendency where I, when I feel very sad or when I feel an extreme emotion, a negative one, I tend to shut down Mm. and the hardest part was um staying connected to terry uh there were a lot of there were hiccups there were hiccups here and there because um you find that you think you are open but there's inner walls that are that you're not even aware of that are Mm. shut and so that's where i agree with terry the therapy really did help because it first made me aware of the inner walls um and the and the emotions that I was closing up and, and, and first to deal with that and then deal with the thing that made me shut down. Yes. And and it was yeah, it really did help with how the the, 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 the elders in our family were really suggesting that we should mourn and grieve together. And yeah, it was hard. And it's still something that we are still learning, I will admit it's very because it's an everyday thing, you know, there's times when uh, for example maybe Terry would feel down. And I wouldn't feel so down, and uh, vice versa. And you know, you need to reconnect with that sometimes. Uh, for me personally, yes. And the, the the tools that you're given in therapy help you realize that, uh, you know, it's okay sometimes not, because you feel guilty when you're not so down, uh, and you see your partner being down. So uh, you, you sometimes you realize no, that's okay, and you're not gonna be at the same stage all the time. Yes, yes. You just need to know how to be there for your partner when they're at a stage that you're not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm so delighted to be able to tell our listeners that uh, breaking news, Terry Ann is pregnant again. <laughs> 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 it's wonderful. And that that probably accounts accounts for why you're glowing. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Ann, how are you feeling at the moment? Still twenty percent anxious, 
30 percent tired because my feet swollen <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm we we are happy because yes. we feel like it's a second chance it's um babies that are born after stillbirth are referred to as rainbow babies oh, so we feel that this is our rainbow yes but there's always that nagging feeling i remember last week thursday we went for a fetal anomaly scan and it was the first time that the baby looked like a baby and not an animal yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many weeks at this stage Terry? um the middle Oh, okay. Right there right. in the middle. You're in your second trimester. <laughs> yeah. So we found out the the gender and everything and this was this was a baby. And it was it was difficult for us because we would have liked a girl again. And we kept on telling ourselves it's no because we have all this clothes and that was usually the excuse that you know we gave people. <laughs> but for me, I, I wanted a girl again because I felt that it was a second chance. Yes. Um, after Azaria, and then we found out no, it is a boy. And yeah, we I think we both the days after that scan we were both in a weird mood. I was in a weird mood because I didn't want to buy anything. Yeah. And I didn't want to buy new things because this is yes. usually the stage in your pregnancy where you start collecting the little crawlers and stuff and you know going through the stores and looking at things and and I just didn't want to. I really didn't want to because I felt what if the worst happens yeah. again because I know what the worst is. I'm not naive anymore. Yeah. I know what the worst is and there was I think it was the day after where I just couldn't stop being emotional. Dubisa was looking at me like, okay, this is happening. You have to go to work and you're crying. Why? (laughs) 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 But um, there there was one of those moments where I was not as strong and he was really super strong, um, which was for a lot of people that know us, it's this weird thing. They don't know Dumisa to be the strong person Mm -hmm. and me to be the quiet emotional wreck they always think that the roles are are reversed and I think that that those moments for me are super important because it's not nice to be strong all the time yeah it's not normal to be strong all the time not human is it no are you feeling a little less apprehensive by now Demisa um yeah no I feel it's it's it it's uh, I was I was exactly where Terry was, but with me it was, I don't know if the betrayed. <laughs> I felt like uh, I felt betrayed it a little bit as well, because uh, you know when you realize that you've dealt with something but you haven't fully dealt with something. <laughs> yes. and I was like I don't realize that I uh, part of the reason I wanted a daughter again was you know I was like okay no yeah, okay cool you know to to sort of. Um, project that feelings again yes. of uh, of of that bond, and um, I suppose the finding out the the, the 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 gender that it's different this time, you realize no, it was a f- like made it final that it's not a girl <laughs> at all, <laughs> and um, but now it's uh, coming a bit more excited. I'm coming excited, and um, I'm also quite nervous. Because I I, I I don't know. I was a very problematic boy growing up. 
Ooh, okay, so you didn't want a son like you. Yeah, I don't want a son like you. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Terry Ann's here to raise him too, okay? That's true. That's true. Yeah, the mom like Terry, you know, should be straight. You should be straight path. <laughs> All right. In a very few years' time, you're going to be playing this interview back to him and saying, uh, by the way, in the second trimester, uh, when you wore, when you weighed X, uh, X number of kilograms uh, and I had morning sickness, this was, uh, this was the interview that I did. I must just ask you about this because many people would be listening to your interview and they would be wondering for all sorts of reasons, uh, you know, perhaps they would want to date someone who's living with albinism, perhaps who's living with a syndrome or a disability of some kind, perhaps who's someone of a different race, uh, someone of a different religion or culture, and they'd be too afraid to take that step. Mm. Um, Because on the one hand, it would be such an extraordinary decision within their contexts. Um, and yet, in some ways, you are such an ordinary couple because you've got over all those difficulties because you've you've been dedicated to that. Can I ask you to give to give that listener out there just a little bit of advice, Tyrion? Okay, um, I think you'll be missing out on so much if you love based on societal norms. Um, I think that. nothing, nothing is too difficult. I know that this sounds very cheesy, but no cultural difference, no racial difference, no um, difference in background, disability um, is that drastic that love, real love, not play, play love, can overcome. Yeah. And I think that you'd be cutting yourself off of a, an amazing experience to love a wonderful person if you block yourself and you're like, I don't want to date this person because of X race or X disability or X reasons. And, and Dumisa, can I ask you to end with this thought? Because perhaps the person has the courage to actually break those societal rules or conventions and date someone who is different. But perhaps their families or their friends uh, or, or the, uh, the environment in which they operate, you know, their colleagues perhaps from work yeah. won't hear of it because of that difference. Mm. What sort of strength does it take to overcome that? I think um, it's... it's it's an it's an attitude and, and a decision that you you need to you make you know you need to realize you need to weigh just how much does your happiness mean to you just how much does your own um dreams and goals and who you want to be like how how do you want to live your life you know um and do you want to be in control of your life or do you want people and others to dictate to you and there's sometimes family is well-meaning and usually they are well-meaning even when it does hurt yes. um, because they most often are not come from a place of love and it sometimes translates wrong but they really are trying to look out for your best interest um, so at the end of the day I think it's just making them understand that um, thank you you know for looking out for my best interest but I believe um, as the person living in this body yes. <laughs> that yes. this is the best interest for me and if you can't understand it for now, it's fine. But be patient with me. Bear with me, and hopefully you'll see. You know what I'm. What I'm. What I'm seeing. 
Yeah. Beautiful thoughts, Demisa. Uh, Terry Ann Adams Matabane and Demisa Matabane, uh, thank you so much for coming in, for sharing all the uh, the stories, the background stories and the dynamics of your, your amazing relationship with us. Uh, and I'm going to extract a promise from the both of you that you bring the little one in uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> when he is born. We claim him as a 702 baby. Oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, uh, and we'd love to meet the little person when he comes into the world. Terry Ann and Demisa Matabate, thank you so much for your time this evening great speaking to the both of you for more journeys with joe and joseph subscribe to this podcast at lifepodcasts.fm or on your favorite podcast app subscribing to a live podcast is free